It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest Our lines are open, 1850-333-103. Good morning to you. Weather has taken a change this week compared to what it was last week, but hopefully uh, clearer skies overnight will lead to better weather conditions as the week moves on. But not a great day for this morning anyhow, but it is due to clear up in the afternoon. And what a great day we had last Friday as part of our outside broadcast from the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the McCroom Food Festival. A great weekend had by all there for the Food Festival in McCroom. Thank you to everybody who turned out on last Friday at the Castle Hotel in McCroom for the particular Cork Today show. We had a great uh, show from McCroom and thanks to all the local food producers and drink producers who highlighted their goods on the programme as well. Of course, over the weekend, it continued on. Now, the weather did impact a bit on Saturday night. Uh, the taste trail was very successful. The live music in the square had to move indoors, uh, but that did go ahead in bars like TPs and JCs. And then on Sunday, of course, the sun came out and a great day was had yesterday at the food market on the square in McCroom. If you want to find out more, look on our Facebook and indeed Instagram, C103 Cork on Facebook and Instagram. Check out the pictures from across the weekend at the McCroom Food Festival and a great weekend it was there. Hopefully if you went along, you enjoyed the weekend. C103 media partners of that particular festival over the weekend in McCroom. Now, because we were in McCroom on Friday, we did not get a chance to speak to Deputy Jim Daly on his decision to leave a political life and spend the time with his young family. And over the weekend, he has come out because there's been a, a number of uh, newspaper reports saying and suggesting that there is a rift between him and Antishok Lidvracker. He's denying that. So we'll hear from the Minister of State for Mental Health and Older People and Cork South West Deputy Jim Daly on his reason to leave political life. Also, we're going to hear why the Society of the Irish Motoring Industry is highlighting the dangers facing the Irish motor industry due to the impact of Brexit. Many people are choosing to go to the UK or uh, not even to travel across the Irish Sea, just drive up to the north and purchase a car there. And even with VRT and all the extras, it still is cheaper to purchase a particular car that you really want in the UK than buying it here in Ireland. The other thing here, of course, is because Sterling has taken a hit all to do with Brexit 
It, it is cheaper because of the difference in price. So because of that, there's a fear now this could impact on jobs in the motor industry and depending on what will happen with Brexit as well. We're going to hear and discuss that this morning with the Irish motor industry. And your views are welcome. I mean, is it a case that prices are just too dear in Ireland? And that's why people are looking at us where if you want a top-of-the-range car, if you want to go for a highbrow car, you know you can get it cheaper elsewhere. And despite bringing it back and despite bringing back the actual car across the border and paying the extra tax, still it's cheaper to go and get your particular car abroad in the UK. So does that need to be looked at here in Ireland? We'll discuss that with them this morning. Also we're going to look ahead to the Marvel Marquee. Uh, that's on this weekend in Bandon. Big acts there from the likes of Chasing Abbey to the Furies. We'll hear from local band The Shrugs who will play at the event and are launching their new song there at the Marvel Marquee. And if you don't the lotto in Inner Shannon across last week, well wonder is it you because they're celebrating in a Shannon uh, they've sold that winning lotto ticket and uh, great news because it's a bit of good news as well for them there it's, uh, well, it's not a news story anymore I would still consider it a news story I suppose but they're there a good few years now uh, it was sold uh, it's Friday night so jackpot by the way uh, 5.3 million euros so a big amount of money there and of course the National Lottery is urging everybody to check their tickets but because the weather was good it could be anybody it could be local or it could be somebody who was just on the drive to West Cork for a sunny Friday or indeed for the weekend so it could be a number of people who picked up that particular lot of jackpot but whoever it is anyhow best of luck to them and best of luck to the store there as well we'll catch up with the store across the morning uh, to see if they have any insight to who they think could be the newest millionaire in the Inner Shannon area and also later on the show after midday we'll have nutritional advice from Annalisa so if you have a health question for Annalisa later on the show she'll join us after 12.30 get those into us nice and early because it gets busy uh, when we do have Annalisa on so we can get to all the questions but get them in as soon as you can and we will put your question to Annalisa after 12.30 you can call 1850 333103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 that and more to come also going to get an update on what's happening with the beef protest as well which now uh, the pickets have stopped uh, and even though they were called off on Friday evening late uh, there were still a number of pickets in certain factories across the country one of those have been abandoned so they still uh, held on for a few hours after they were called off but they all officially ended on Saturday afternoon we'll get an update on what's happening there and also a new report out to say and suggest that we should all stop eating meat uh, that are more to come between now and one but your uh, comments are welcome across the morning uh, to Barney 1850 you can always email jp at c103.ie or you can send us a message on Facebook to C103 Cork or tweet at C103 Cork and on Monday morning and we mentioned the beef uh, protests and indeed the pickets that we've been taking place now for a long long time over the last number of weeks and I know they've been called off but over the weekends there's been a suggestion that we should all stop eating meat and it's been compared with the likes of banning smoking because one of Britain's leading barristers has predicted as he called the offence an ecocide to be introduced to prosecute those who damage nature on a massive scale. It's Michael Mansfield QC said that the farming of livestock for meat was destroying the planet and he called for legislation to criminalise those who cause global warming and the willful destruction of wildlife. In a message delivered at the launch of the Vegans Now campaign which encourages people to stop eating meat and dairy products Mr Mansfield said ecocide must be considered and made a crime 
Uh, is it a step too far? Uh, do you agree what he's saying? Uh, he did uh, announce this across the weekend and in countries, even though he's one of Britain's leading barristers of the big agricultural community in Britain and indeed in many countries across Europe, especially here in Ireland. Do you agree with him? He's basically saying that we should ban eating meat like we did, like with the smoking ban. Meat should be banned and those who go along and produce meat, so the uh, livestock farmer uh, and, and those in, in the factories and all of those taken into account, they should be criminalised for doing so. He said it's destruction of the planet, basically, is what he's saying. It's, he's calling it ecocide. Do you agree with what he's saying there on that? It's an argument that has been basically raised a number of times over the last few years, but I've never heard it being compared to smoking, that we should ban the eating of meat like we're banning smoking or like the smoking ban within bars and within closed areas. Anyhow, your views welcome on that. Do you agree or disagree? Especially if you're one of those who maybe is a beef farmer and at the moment you've enough going on without a guy now in the UK, you'll say, uh, coming up with this particular idea. Uh, your, our lines are open on that. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Anyway, we'll get back to your calls and comments on that situation to do with meat and indeed the meat industry. Also, a lot of calls and comments coming in this morning. This is to do with the climate protest that was organised on Friday and a number of school children took part in this particular protest but not everybody is happy. A lot of calls and comments have come in over the weekend and indeed uh, this morning as well on why they chose to do it on a particular Friday and not do it on a weekend when they are off school. Anyhow, we'll get to those comments as well. Uh, your views are welcome. 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. But on the way next, we're going to hear from Minister Jim Daly on why he has decided to leave political... Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Last Friday morning, the news broke that Minister of State for Mental Health and Older People and Deputy for Cork South West, Jim Daly, was to leave and retire from political life. Jim is at events today, but I did speak with him in our Bandon studio on Saturday afternoon, and I began by asking him about his decision, which he says is basically because he simply cannot balance political life with having a young family. And I put it to him that that must have been a very difficult decision to make that call. It was, uh, John Paul, I won't lie, it is probably the most difficult decision I've ever made. Now, I hasten to add, I made a very difficult decision to get into politics as well. Uh, I was a principal of a primary school in Skibreen at the time. I retired from it. I didn't take a career break or resign. Or I just walked away from it fully and went into politics. And that time I shocked many people and they were surprised that, you know, why was I taking such a chance? And thankfully that chance worked out. So I think, uh, I hope fortune favours the brave and that's what I'm doing again here now. Uh, I've never been afraid of taking tough decisions in my own life and probably in political life as well and we might talk about some of them in a minute but look essentially for me the issue was I have five young children and uh, it's just becoming increasingly difficult to to spend the amount of time that I want to spend with them every week Uh, to put it in context say last week for example now I left Clonakilty at 7 o'clock on Monday morning I got back to Clonakilty on Saturday evening at 7pm and what really catches me is that when I'm back on the 7 p.m., I still can't shut the door and close life away and, and spend time with the kids because there's a removal you have to go to or a funeral or uh, a meeting or the opening of something. And Sunday, then there's events on and people like to see their local TD. And I like to do that. So, you know, you're going away and the kids are saying, oh, Dad, why are you going to work again today? Why are you going away this evening? So eventually that catches up with you. And I've just said, look, there's only 10 more years my children will want me around. After that, uh, they'll manage fine, I'm quite sure, without me. And I just have decided to prioritise them for the next 10 years after that. 
you know, who knows what might happen. And when you mentioned there about work-life balance, I'll get into that uh, in a while because that is a big issue uh, for today's working world. When you went along to Antishak Liedvaraker and the Fine Gael heads in Dublin and told them you were going to make this decision, what was their initial response to you? Uh, to be fair, it was just a Taoiseach and I in the room and uh, I went in and I said, look, Leo, basically I have news for you. And he said, yeah, how are things going? And I said, I don't wish or I don't intend to stand at the next election. And he was stunned. He was very visibly stunned and shocked. And he was saying, really? He said, but you're, you're doing very well and you're going very well. And, you know, he said, I would have thought, look, I don't know what's going to happen after the next election, but I'd be very hopeful we're back in government and you'll certainly be playing your part there and, and you know, whatever. And I said, look, Lee, I'll stop you there. And I, I will tell you quite honestly, I said, if you gave to me in writing here and now that I'd be tarnished after the next election, if you're back in the Taoiseach's office, it wouldn't matter diddly squat to me because this is not about the career. It's not about politics. It's not about me afraid of the next election or where I'll be after it. It's about five young children down in West Cork. It's about a life lifestyle choice that I've made I've chosen and I want to do it you know and he was saying wow that's a big brave decision he said look I have huge admiration for people like yourself Joe McHugh Simon Coveney uh, Brendan Griffin Michael Creed we live in the peripheries of the country we have very small families and when I say small families I mean young families and uh, you know it, it, it's increasingly difficult so he got that he said any guy who lives off the motorway you know has serious challenges all right to make it the life work balance so he look he couldn't have been more considerate couldn't have been more kinder and fair to me and the local Fine Gael supporters and indeed the local political supporters here in, in Cork South West and across Cork County when the news reached y- your local supporters what was their initial reaction because many would have would think and especially if you look at the general elections over the last number of years Cork South West always a strong Fine Gael hold mm. for the electorate and indeed people would say you're safe your, your seat was safe yeah I think there's a traditional view of politics that it is a you know a supernatural career and anyone who gets there is so lucky and you know there are people believing that my god you're, you're, you're walking away from a career in politics there's many people who give their right arm to be a national politician and indeed you know to be as I am a minister of state and, and look there, there is a very real possibility if we were back in government that yeah I could have been a senior minister and I'm aware of all of that it may not have happened I've no idea but uh, I'm quite prepared to walk away from all of that at this point in my life and get my priorities right. I don't want to be in a situation in 10 years' time where I look back and have regrets and say, God, you know, maybe I should have put my family first. People were very, very shocked, uh, stunned, but universally said they supported my decision, which I, I got hundreds, literally hundreds of texts uh, were flying in the day after it being announced. And, you know, people were all saying, wow, Jim, sh- shocked, stunned, didn't see that coming, really surprised. But you know what? Glad you got your priorities right and you're making the right decision and genuinely wish you the best of luck and thanks. That was well, we were in McCroom with the show on Friday for the McCroom Food Festival and the news broke that morning and we had local councillors in the studio with us in McCroom and they were visibly shocked at the decision as were people around. It was one of the talking points that morning in McCroom and one of the big things that has come out from this across the weekend is the fact that people, especially in their 30s and 40s and 50s who are raising children who are working and who are trying to balance their children at home, uh, trying to balance the relationship with their partner and everything else in their life would work. It is simply becoming impossible. Traffic is getting heavier on the roads. People are commuting longer distances and people are finding it tougher and tougher. So I think a lot of people outside of politics will realise what indeed you are going through. And it could open up a whole new debate here in this country, especially here in Cork. 
Yeah, I suppose I'm very clear from the outset. I didn't, you know, I was very careful in any of the messaging I did or talking to media around the time of this decision. I wasn't drawing a kick at the career or wasn't, you know, down damning politics or saying that, you know, it, it really was a personal decision and it was about me and my priorities. Uh, I could have stayed going and continued on and, you know, the kid's mother would, you know, uh, Virgo, you know, has looked after those children really, really, really well and would continue to do so. So this is about me and whether I wanted to be, um, you know, how involved I want to be in my children's life. So it is a very, very personal decision that I've made and it is about me choosing to change priorities because I have absolutely put politics first for 16 years. You have to, to survive mm-hmm. in politics. You really do. And then when I look around at my kids, my eldest boy is six foot two. He's 16 years of age. He was two weeks old when I went into politics and I see him and I look at him and I say, my God, I'm that long in politics when I look at the size of him. So I'm saying, my God. And then, you know, there's four boys and a girl, there's five from there. Uh, age 6 to 16 and I just believe that the next 10 years is when they will need me most and uh, there's no point in I out saving the world up in Dublin and doing all the, the hero stuff in politics and letting my own five children you know so I, I've made a decision myself but I mean I'll be honest with you John Paul whoever will come to take my place in politics uh, from within the Fine Gael party I will be encouraging wholeheartedly to go for it it's a fantastic life I loved every no I didn't love every minute of it but I had an absolute ball in politics really I mean I stood in two 2003 and I spoke at that convention in Demanway about was my first electoral outing and first public outing and I spoke about the lack of investment in West Cork in infrastructure and I said West Cork has been left behind and there was a very small crowd at that convention the same night but the points I made were very valid. Thankfully I was selected on the night and I went on to be elected as a councillor and, and so on from there 16 years on but I'm, I'm very proud of the delivery that I have uh, seen presided over in West Cork and delivered for I mean people can say if it wasn't there I mean I attended when I was a councillor a lot of public meetings about flood schemes and about schools needing to be renovated about hospitals being to be renovated look at Bandon Town here at the hospital mm. look at the flood scheme look at the sewer scheme that has gone in you know any of these works that need to be done I was blue in the face and going to public meetings. I'm very glad to say there hasn't been a public meeting in an awful long while in West Cork about any infrastructure project because they have been delivered en masse uh, from flood schemes to the hospitals to the Manway to Clannacilty to Kinsale to, um, you know, any of the hospitals Bandon has been completely renovated and the floods blah blah. So the schools, of course, there's been massive investment there. Uh, the road works, the N71 from as far west to as far east. I know it's much to the chagrin of many people. Look at this town, it's turned upside down. And I, I do sympathise with traders and I do sympathise with people who are more on a day to day you know because it is a huge inconvenience but there is multi-millions of euro being pumped into Bandon Town into Clannacilty Town into you know it's, it, there really has been a transformation in West Cork during my time in government and I'm very very proud of that You started off as a councillor of course uh, within County Hall you served as a mayor of County Cork uh, mm-hmm. for the year and then you were lucky enough to move on as a deputy and represent Cork South West and then became Minister for State more recently like everyone and you did say a lot of criticism at some points of your career especially from your own within West Cork um, is that did I ever have a part of your decision? I know you say it's just personal, but there was a lot of criticism going back a number of years ago. For example, with the ambulance service and the changes to the hospital network in Cork, uh, to Bantry and to Mallow. At those times, did you ever think of, of the local criticism that you were getting that this is enough? And did that play a factor in whatsoever in, in your decision? Um, the short answer is no. In the decision, um, thankfully, the criticism like that has probably got lesser over the years. Uh, it was really difficult in two thousand and eleven. You were a brand new shiny first time government TD 
and the country was on its knees and the decisions we had to take were cruel and, and I, I'll tell you a little story I remember being on your show one morning with Patricia and it was talking about a proposal I had to put a levy on insurance premiums to support flood victims and I will never forget that show because once I came off the radio I was, I mean, hammered, slaughtered with the negative comments. And, you know, it was no fault of anybody's. And you were just reading them out. But I got such a fright from that day to this. And I won't lie to you, I've always been incredibly nervous doing local radio. And uh, never forget that. So that would be one of the, you know, the points. And it was a great wake-up call for me. That showed that I wasn't in tune with everybody who was really feeling the pinch at that time. And here was I talking about increasing their insurance premium. So it was good learning for me. And, you know, the, the politics was, if you were to ask me, what did I get out of politics most, more than anything else? And now people think you have huge salary and all that kind of thing that to me wouldn't really be the, the attraction or the motivation it never was and I certainly wouldn't uh, agree with all the commentary on our finances but the biggest uh, benefit for me out of politics was what I learned and that would have been one of the good learnings so to answer your question like did the criticism was that a factor in my decision absolutely no was there criticism yes did I get everything right no uh, but I, I would be very proud of it like say you mentioned the ambulance there now that was a really difficult time I mean an extraordinary difficult time and I remember making the point to Patricia on your show saying look if my dad got a, a turn in the morning or if my young fella got a, a fit or started fitting I prefer to have a paramedic car with a highly trained paramedic who would be outside my door within guaranteed 15 minutes than waiting in an ambulance that may be still tied up outside the CUH to get to me and that's what I was promoting was the use of paramedic cars and actually over the fullness of time I've been proved right paramedic cars are hugely important we now have paramedic motorbikes which are doing incredible work in getting to people much much faster and getting paramedics on site you know the carrying capacities but look I'm not going to rerun those arguments or anything like that I think what I was and people will have recognised whether they agreed with me or not people always knew where I stood and I wasn't afraid to take the position and I always had it well thought out I think and was reasonably good at articulating it wasn't right and everything I wouldn't dare say that but you know say the Eighth Amendment was a very tough difficult issue that I had to deal with in politics and for me personally it wasn't any easier than it was for anybody else but I came out on the side of that and, and the repeal of it and believed in it and you know stood my ground and I happened to be the only national politician representing uh, this constituency that took that position and yet 16 7% of the people in West Cork agreed with it so you know I think in hindsight I'm, I'm proud of, of what I've delivered and stood over and how I've dealt with people of course not everybody will have agreed with me or liked me and all of that and that's all part of it but that's certainly I mean I, I always know that even if you spend a day canvassing and you meet with your canvas or seven or eight people canvassing everybody will talk about the negative oh there was a woman slammed the door and said Jim Daly is a disgrace and whatever and we'll all talk about that and yet there will be 70 lovely people will have come across collectively the team will have met on the day who said fair play to Jim he looked after us when we were looking for something but you know I very much mean uh, John Paul what I said in my video on Facebook there that in politics you learn very quickly that you cannot change the world but the ability to change somebody's world was an extraordinary honour. And I got to do that hundreds and hundreds of times over the last 16 years when somebody was in, you know, just really, really bad space in the need of help, wanted to get direction, wanted to get help to get, you know, whether it was a medical card to be sure that they can access healthcare, whether it was a grant to allow them to do up their house for a leaky roof, whatever it was that you managed to, to change to get a council house, all of those kind of things. And to be able to help people to do that, I did change many people's worlds and that was an incredible honour as every politician that has served with me in that time has had the same honour.
Do you ever regret some of the comments? We mentioned the ambulance service there in the hospitals. Uh, they're just one of the issues that I can remember mm-hmm. uh, where locals were not happy at the decisions made. Do you ever regret some of the comments you made at that time supporting the, the government move on what they were doing? No, I don't think I was ever, and I won't say this lightly, but I, like, I never was a blind, and I think that was, the, the attempt was to paint me as a kind of a blind um, government supporter, and if the government said jump, Jim Daly said how high. Uh, if I supported something, I looked at it, I engaged with it, like that time with the ambulance you mentioned again, I went and met with all the ambulance personnel who, you know, dr- delivered a service on the ground, met with the management team, met with the, the minister and the officials in the Department of Health, uh, spoke to as many people as I could before I'd make a decision on it, you know, and generally went with what I believe believed was the right. Um, I don't think I kind of blindly followed the government at anything, but sometimes you can in politics get more insight into a situation than maybe, you know, and it's all about articulating it in and, and getting the whole picture out. So, look, if my comments were offended people, I, I obviously regret that aspect of it, but I wouldn't regret taking the positions that I've taken. And then your term within Minister of State for Mental Health and older people, you worked in many community health projects and indeed uh, the ones that were spoken about most nationally were the Fair Deal Scheme and indeed the Rural Taxi Initiative. Are you happy with how Ireland is now when it comes to mental health and indeed the Fair Deal Scheme, which you worked on a lot over the last number of years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like the Taoiseach mentioned that yesterday in, in, in the comments he made about my departure, that uh, uh, equalising the Fair Deal scheme was hugely important. I think on mental health, first and foremost, and again, the Taoiseach mentioned this, that uh, that I had secured enormous resources for mental health. It's now over a billion euro is being spent. It was only 700 million a couple of short years ago. So there's over a billion euro being invested in mental health. But what I'd be a lot prouder of is not securing more finance, because that's the easier part, I'll be honest. I'd be a lot prouder about the changes that I have made, which are transformative within mental health. But look, when you're in health, what I find is that while you're a minister you won't really get credit for any of the changes you make because they will take some time to kick in but what I would have the phone line the national phone line will be launched in the next two to three weeks which will be essentially for the first time in the state there's a thousand and twenty seven organisations out there delivering mental health there'll be one phone number that people will ring and be directed appropriately to the most appropriate service to them rather than a thousand and twenty seven individual services trying to advertise their wares as it were uh, also have um, really championed the whole online space now we have turned to me that our group providing counselling online 24 hours a day 7 days a week where people with mental health issues can access mental health care how they need it when they need it where they need it without having to rely on that so resources availability and whatever it's how we do what we do on the older person side and the other side obviously the fair deal will be coming into the, the, the doll in the new year and once that passes through legislation that will be a huge benefit to farm and business families what I would be much more prouder on that side of it would be is I have huge um promoted very very much is getting national policy on housing options for the older people to have alternative options to the nursing home my mum worked in a nursing home all her life my brother owns one I'm a huge fan of the work they do but I genuinely believe in my heart we as a society can do so much better for people as they age rather than just in a nursing home where you you know can spend a lot of your days sitting there's wonderful care there but I think more people could be kept out of the nursing homes if we had housing options for people with supports on side a bit of home help I've talked to Patricia many times at this show about that and we now have a national policy agreed by both departments health and housing we have an implementation team that I chaired last Tuesday that we set up and you know they are there uh, driving forward that change and you will see now housing developments like the one I opened in Ross Carby last Friday week you will see many more of those housing developments still in the breadth of the country which will allow people to age in their own communities maybe not in their own home but with the dignity of their own front door and I mentioned the rural taxi service there there was a lot of criticism when that was approached first because rural taxi drivers felt they could be put out of business 
business. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's grants available. We can see people uptaking those particular grants. Are you happy with how that scheme is going now, Rooksy, as it's being called? Yeah, I'm very happy with the The principle has been established and they have accepted, they being the powers in Dublin, I'm not directly involved, obviously, in that department, but they have accepted that this is an issue in rural Ireland. So I believe I did singularly bring that to the fore or, or played a huge role in bringing that to the fore anyway, uh, the, with the whole proposal of Rooksy and putting on paper. We're still trying to drive forward a more localised version of it down in Kinsale. Uh, we have a meeting later this month again with uh, Free there, now they used to be um, my oh, taxi. Yeah, yeah. We're meeting with them again at the end of the month with the actual taxi drivers in the area to see can we can and hopefully to attract new people and all of that to run that. So you are working with the taxi drivers in rural areas? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no taxi driver. Now? Yeah, there's no taxi driver in rural Ireland should have any fear about what I'm driving forward. This is about making life better and easier for uh, rural taxi drivers and getting more of them in there. At the moment, there's so few of them there and they can't cope with the demand at the two hours of a week that there is demand and no demand the rest of the week. What I'm trying to do is build sustainable demand all week long and have many more people in there de- delivering the service and that it's paying and profitable for everybody. I come from a business background. I was a publican in a former life as well as being a principal. I, I also had a pub and, you know, I understand business. I understand taxis and very, very much uh, supportive of rural taxis and their industry and to make sure that it's sustainable into the future. And what I'm all about is getting people to use it, make it more affordable and then many more people will use the local taxi and that's what will make it viable into the future. Uh, back to politics for a moment, Jim, because when it comes to the elections, which we're going to have a general election, it would seem next year, May is the month being chosen so far and that could change, but we will have an election in 2020. And some would say this is a blow now for Leave Racker. You've John DC and Waterford gone and now you have left yourself. What will happen here locally now in Cork and particularly with Cork Southwest? Because it has just jumbled everything up, not only for Fianna Gael, but for all the other parties as well now, because it was a sure set that you would go for this particular seat. Uh, Senator Tim Lumbert has been chosen as well to represent Fianna Gael in the Cork Southwest area. So have you any outlook on what you think will happen within Fianna Gael? Who could now run for your particular seat? And it does change things for the other candidates. Yeah, um, look, I appreciate it. It changes it a small bit right at the start, but I have no illusions that I'm irreplaceable or anything like that. You know, absolutely none that ever was. And politics being politics, there'll be plenty of people will, you know, Fine Gael will be looking to add somebody to the ticket. Uh, Senator Tim Lumber, as you said, is already on the ticket, but Fine Gael will be um, actively looking for somebody. There is a number of people already. I'm, you know, a couple of days only out of the announcement and I've already engaged in a number of conversations with people who are interested in putting their name forward. So I've no doubt there will be no uh, difficulty finding plenty of talent to replace me and that I'll be 100% replaced and I would hope that and I will certainly be playing my part and I'd say that to all the Fine Gael members that are listening in this morning I'm not walking away from politics and not walking away from the Fine Gael party and indeed as a public representative and I'd like to stress that to people that I'm a TD until the doll ends and, and most likely a minister as well until the doll ends that's of course that the gift of the Taoiseach but as it appears I will be uh, I'll be working in all of those capacities and uh, night and day as I have done for the last time every year I'm not walking off the pitch today or tomorrow I'm walking off the pitch when and when only when the next election has concluded I will be very involved in the next election campaign but we, we you know we will find somebody to to run in my place and we'll run with Senator Lumber and we will be challenging for two seats here in West Cork and give it our all and I certainly will be playing a huge part in that and when the news broke we did get a lot of emails and texts saying that because of the rural uh, view at the moment I mean the beef farming uh, that the farmers are out striking many of the factories locally now that is changing uh, day by day uh, but many felt that Leo Vracker did not have a view of rural Ireland that he was very urbanised and maybe uh, that Simon Coven if he was teacher might have a different view and 
some farmers and some rural dwellers are feeling that their vote is moving away from Fine Gael, which they would have been Fine Gael supporters. Again, you've said it's a personal decision. Uh, did that have any play in looking forward to your career, that there was a change in the support for Fine Gael because, really, of your leader, Leo Vrecker? No, I mean, I told Leo Vrecker the other day, one of the proudest things and actions I have taken in my time in politics is the day I voted for him as Taoiseach of the country. And I was extraordinarily proud that day. And I genuinely, and people know I'm a straight talker, I'd say it if I wasn't. Uh, he'd be the first to know about it and people would as well. I'm as proud today of that decision than I was that day. You know, uh, I think Leo is an incredible talent. I think he's an inordinately articulate individual. He is, I work with him very, very closely on, on, on numerous events I saw in some paper over the weekend where the local examiner, actually the Irish examiner, were trying to portray that there was a cooling off between myself and Leo Vratker and that he hadn't called me a friend in a statement. It was a, a ridiculous statement from the journalist there. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have huge regard for him. I think he's an incredibly, um, I think Ireland is very lucky and fortunate, politics aside, to have an individual of his calibre willing to put himself forward for politics and uh, and at this time at a crucial time with Brexit when we need an international statesman I think Leo Radcliffe is feeling that very very well he has a, a brilliant mind a very 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 bright able individual of course not everybody will like him likeability is very different to ability he has tons and tons of ability um, and tons of likeability too for what it matters but on the rural Ireland I mean Ireland yeah, I think rural Ireland has been served extraordinarily well Just briefly your highs and lows start with the lows first of your political career what was something that, that you you weren't happy was dealt with or you weren't happy dealt with by, by the government or your Fine Gael party uh, within your time in politics? Um, look, you know, there's no doubt about it. There was many challenges in politics, many low times, uh, you know, times that decisions that the government took going back to 2011 were very difficult um, when people were really, really angry and, you know, constantly ringing you and uh, very, very annoyed with, uh, you know, reductions and payments and things like that. It was an extraordinarily difficult time. Uh, what would be the lowest point of my career, I think? I mean, I, I would mention that interview there earlier, you know, around that time, I think when you, you know, when you genuinely found yourself, you know, that you weren't listening to people and weren't uh, completely at one with how people were as the time I proposed a levy on insurance premiums that I mentioned earlier, you know, those kind of things are, um, that certainly would be a low point for me. Um, and your highs? The high point. There's many highs. There's so many highs. I'm not sure. You know, I I still will honestly say hand on my heart, like, you know, of course, becoming a minister was a great occasion. Of course, radically changing national policies such as housing for the elderly, knowing that older people have more options would be a brilliant high. Of course, you know, things like proposing the Roxy, announcing five million for Bantry Hospital, you know, Clannock Hilty Hospital. All those, there was loads of those highs. But I will still tell you hand on my heart, the single greatest high I have got in politics and still get would be there was a very elderly lady uh, contacted very recently she had just completed very serious cancer care and she had lost her medical card for you know just hadn't written back to the letter that came when she was very sick and when we went to look at it you know they came back and said she'll have to reapply the woman was 85 or 6 and you know I was able to pick up the phone ring somebody up there and say look at this lady you know where are you going why would you do this or whatever whatever and thankfully the following day the lady got the, the card back in the post and if you knew what it meant to that lady and the security she had and the worry she had before it and it wasn't that I was able to do anything pull any stroke or anything like that she was entitled to the card the card was hers anyway the state has decreed that she's entitled to a card it was just getting through to somebody knowing who to pick up the phone to that's what politicians it isn't that we have any more power but we can know who to ring uh, and that woman like send me a thank you card after and you know this and it really really gets me every time that you, that you have the, to do that that you can do that for somebody so they are the kind of highs I genuinely will miss from politics and they would be in the highest moments of it but of course I'm going to question this decision you know I, I'm not infallible I'm not going to kind of walk out the door and say God I made the right decision and you know mm-hmm. I'm high though 
I'm taking a huge gamble. I'm taking a huge chance. There wasn't a fear uh, factor to it. I wasn't afraid of the next election. I wasn't afraid of the future. I wasn't, you know, regretting that I hadn't achieved as much as I wanted because I have achieved. But, you know, uh, the morning after, uh, the morning this came public or whatever, um, one of the kids, one of my kids rang me. He's 12 years of age. And he said, um, Dad, you're quitting. And I said, I'm not quitting. I said, your dad isn't a quitter. But I said, I will tell you what I'm doing is I said, I, you know, when the next election comes, I said, I'm not going to fight the election after that. But I'll still be really busy and working in, in the meantime. And he said, Dad, will you lose your drivers and all that? And I said, yeah, I will. I said, after the next election, there won't be any drivers there. And he said, you know, Dad, I was really, really proud of you when you were a minister and having drivers and all. But I'm much prouder and fonder of you when you were at home as a dad. You know, oh, that that's, kind of it. that's that, kind of it. You that know. says it all. So what now for Jim Daly? I mean, what do you do after politics? Is there anything that you would like to do? I presume you'll take time out. But what would you have an interest to do? Because you'll st- I presume you'll still want to work uh, at mm. some capacity. I, I honestly, and people will find this harder to believe than anything, I have no idea. I mean, the one thing I know, I, I was a teacher in a former life. Uh, I don't see myself going back to teaching. Uh, I have made lots of career changes in my in my life and I've always kind of, you know, progressed on and gone to do something different and all of that. So uh, I'm not sure where I'd go. I, I, there's a lot of options in the back of my head, but I really have nothing distilled down. I'd be hoping, I suppose, John Paul, that look, I have five or six months to continue doing what I'm doing. I would imagine if this election is that far off, who knows that? Um, and that by that stage, I hope to take a few months off I love to do the school runs uh, I've never been at one of my kids Christmas plays you know these kind of things that I'd really really like to do and, and want to do um, so if I could do a few of those things and maybe get that out of my system um, I'd be hoping that maybe some you know opportunity that's what I've always been you know as I say I was a farm Republican I had a bed and breakfast all of those kind of things I was never shy of hard work uh, I imagine some opportunity will come my way someday somewhere I'll meet somebody but at this moment in time I genuinely have no idea what I'll be doing in 12 months time but I'm looking forward to the opportunities and the challenges ahead I can foretell the reaction we're going to get on this interview many will say can you live off your pension uh, because you'd be entitled to a pension mm-hmm. is that something that c- can you live off a pension you'll get a good pension I presume I'll get a great pension yeah I will uh, I'm 46 years of age and I'm glad you asked me this question I'm 46 years of age. I won't get a cent from the state until I'm 66 uh, years of age. So there's a twi- it's 20 years time. I will get a, a pension, some sort of a pension. I've uh, 10 years service. You have to have 20 years service to get a TD's pension. So, you know, I will get some TD's pension in, in 20 years time. But uh, And you get no payout or, or anything in the meantime? No, you don't get any payout. You don't get it. You get some step down payments for three or four months after losing. If you lose your seat, mm-hmm. I think that's to cover the shock of it, you know, or whatever that you have nothing. So you get three or four uh, months of stepped on payments after that you won't get a cent until I'm 66 years of age so I have 20 more years before I'll uh, have benefits from the state and so that's you'll have to work so you'll have to oh find God, something of course I yeah. mean people are under the illusion that uh, TDs and that we have this marvellous uh, cushioned uh, from reality existence or whatever and you know we haven't really and that's the, the truth of it uh, we get paid very well for what we do we work incredibly hard for what we do but there is no security in it and there is no um, you know long ago yes TDs got pensions today they lost their seat and all that that all changed in 2004 and was further changed in 2011 by the government that came in then um, you know, and that's fine I've no difficulty with that you know, but just to be clear there is no pension for me for the next 20 years And could Jim Diddy make a shock comeback like so many others have over the years? Could that happen in the future? Uh, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule it out. I've loved politics, really loved it. The bulk is there always and I'd say I will always be involved. Uh, I want to give the next 10 years to my kids but you'd never know how it happened. I'd never say never. I certainly would never say never. I've had such a ball. Well, very briefly, you are still going to be in politics. You're going to be a Cork South West Deputy until next uh, May and you're also going to be the Minister uh, for State. Have you heard the comments made on this show last Monday by 
by your fellow colleague here in Cork South West Independent Deputy Michael Collins on direct provision centres how people are treated in there and that we should look after our own Irish people first and then everyone else uh, after that on those comments what's your view on those particular comments because some people can see where Michael is coming from but also they disagree on what he said but they, they can see where he is coming from with his comments what's your view on that because many of our listeners agree with Michael um, No I wouldn't agree with him uh, you know and that's I wouldn't ever knock the man I have never uh, knocked any individual or politician um, but I often don't agree with what people say and that's I want to be very clear I'm not knocking Michael Collins but I wouldn't agree with what he said uh, I didn't hear the comments directly on, on your show that Monday but I, I read uh, read them afterwards and I read uh, some of the commentary on it and uh, I saw somebody put a line on Twitter and I thought it was an interesting line I thought it was an interesting line where they said he's uh, he's pro-life but not pro-every life you know I, I'm a believer that all God's children are created equal in the image and likeness of God and I don't believe that the place of birth should define you you know any more to entitlement to basic qualities of life and to have basic humanity I think uh, all God's creatures you know great and small and before I let you go, I meant to ask you, even though you are retiring from politics, will you still be involved in Fianna Gael? Will you, you stay with the, with the party? Will you have your membership of Fianna Gael still? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no question. I've said to somebody yesterday, I could see myself working harder in the next election than I did in some of the elections for myself, um, because it's always harder to go out and ask for yourself. It's a lot easier to go out and ask for somebody else. So, uh, yeah, the Fine Gael people, I'm afraid, won't be seen the back of me for a while. Well, Jim, uh, whatever happens in the future, we thank you for your time coming into our studio uh, this morning. And in fairness to you, whenever there was a headline that you were in for a bad reason or there was a lot of controversy around you, you always answered the phone and you didn't shy away from coming on with myself or Patricia. So whatever's happened over the last hour, we thank you for not shying away in the bad times as well as the good and best of luck to whatever path you take in the future. And can I also just, uh, John Paul, and that thank you and Patricia, I always found you extraordinarily fair and always, always courteous and, you know, really, really available. And any time I likewise, you know, felt there was something in the public interest, you were always more than willing to, to accommodate and all that. So it's been an absolute pleasure. And I've no doubt myself and yourself and Patricia will have a, a few more conversations before I'll be exiting stage later. So, your thoughts on Jim Daly, the Minister of State for Mental Health and Older People and Deputy for Cork South West, who is retiring from political life. A lot of comments in already. Uh, your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 and on our conversation there with Jim Daly, who is retiring from politics, and I meant to say that interview was recorded, uh, I did say at the start, but at the end I meant to say it was recorded at the weekend at our abandoned studios. Uh, just a few comments that have come in following that interview. First of all, um, Michael McCarthy, he's wishing Jim and his family the very best. And uh, Jim, in retiring from public life, enjoy the next chapter from your forward, former colleague, Michael McCarthy, of course, former uh, Labour deputy and senator for Cork South West. But Frank and Bantry says... What has this guy done? Uh, he's the same as the rest of them in that area. The same as Mark Murphy or Manny. Why do I say this? It's because Michael Collins has taken and organised 43 to 53 seater buses to Belfast for various operations for people. He is genuine, but Daly and Murphy or Manny are doing nothing because if they were, these buses would not be going to Belfast, says Frank in Bantry. While a caller says she would not usually vote Fine Gael, but she is wishing Jim all the best. He did great work and he is a lovely 
basically straight talkers is that particular caller while another texter another Frank says rural Ireland is almost closed down because of him and his party what's with all his waffle rural Ireland is dying because of Fina Gill while another person raising an issue if this can be raised when it comes to mental health can they do something for all those sufferers of depression who come out of hospital with nothing to do and have no backup on their discharge from hospital something needs to be done in that particular line well that's just some of the comments into us regarding uh, Jim Daly's decision to retire from politics your comments are welcome 1850 333103 text or whatsapp 0862 103103 on the way we're going to discuss the impact to the Irish motor industry this is because of the amount of people who are purchasing cars from the UK and not here in Ireland. Lines open 1850-333-103. Bernie takes your comments this morning or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 and you can email jp at c103.ie or you can tweet this morning at c103cork. Uh, just going back to a number of comments and first of all on our conversation with Jim Daly and his, that's Cork South West Deputy Jim Daly and Minister of State for Mental Health and Older People on his decision to retire from politics uh, just a number of comments in regarding that first of all John and Clonic Kilty says Jim knows the game was up for him in Cork Southwest. Jim realised this was at the last election uh, because he only scraped in on the last seat at the last election says John in Clonakilty and also Maura saying similar saying Jim knew his time was up for politics and he decided to make his own decision before the public decided and that's why he is retiring he knows he would not get in at the next election because Fine Gael are now ruined when it comes to rural Ireland he just about got in at the last election says Maura and Mary on text says Jim spoke so well and truthfully I hope he doesn't enjoy a great family life when he retires from politics says Mary in Skibbereen and Amanda on Jim's interview but looking at the whole work-life balance situation Amanda said hearing Jim and speaking about the uh, balance of life and work well on that particular topic she says and I find this amazing that other people aren't speaking out on this because she says both me and my husband get up early every morning at 6am like so many others we get our children ready for school and then one of us will take them to the childminder who takes them to school as we both go to work again in the evening whoever finishes early from work will collect them so it's constant go with homework etc and then on weekends we are also up early to take them to sporting events and try and do activities with them because we feel because we're both living in Cork, we work in the city uh, because of the commute from Cantork to Cork City and back again we are not back in the evenings until 6 o'clock so we feel if we don't do activities across the weekend we're missing precious time with our children obviously enough they go to bed early around 8 or 9 in the evening so we try to get as much time as we can but weekdays we basically are spending time with them late in the evenings doing homework but it's just a continuous cycle of up early, bed late, trying to balance life, trying to balance work, trying to balance home life, trying to balance home, uh, looking after the home and then trying to keep on top of all the bills. It is impossible. I said to my husband only last week, I would love to go and live on an island where there was no stress and everything was around the corner. The only thing is, jobs will be a problem to keep us going, uh, says Amanda in Kenturk, just highlighting how hard she feels balancing life and work. And what she's picking up from that particular interview is the life-work balance. And do our others the same? Are others in that situation like 
demand it where they feel like they're in a never ending cycle it's basically up early rushing to get everybody out of the house and then you go to work uh, but you're not bringing your kids to school yourself you're bringing, bringing them to a childminder collecting them late in the evening from the childminder all because the work isn't in the area you're living in You, I presume Amanda you, you would like to be living nearer to the city as your work is there but because of house prices being so high in the city you cannot afford that so that's why you're living uh, outer of the city area and with all of that you feel you don't get to spend enough time with your children and it's just a continuous cycle of mayhem basically uh, Amanda thank you for your call on that I'm sure there's many other others out there who are in that particular situation 1850-333-103 on the climate protest that was held last uh, Friday this was where students left their schools they came out and they held a protest in the city last Friday to highlight uh, what they think should be done regarding climate change. John in the city says first of all the climate change protest was just a day off school for these kids. Why did they not have it on a Saturday and then see how many would show up John feels that Ireland is too small a country to make any difference and the big countries like China and America are the ones who need to make the big changes, not us here in Ireland. And Brian on email over the weekend to jp at c103.ie, similar to John, uh, asking why indeed uh, did the students decide to go and protest on a Friday and not a Saturday and leave class? I mean, what were the teachers doing, says Brian, while those particular students were not in class? Also, if you go to any school and watch the traffic, it's because all the students, says Brian, won't walk. Now, I know there is safety concerns, but surely teens will be able to walk surely they will be safe enough there's no need for cars then the amount of traffic at certain times during the day around 8am 9am and 3pm all because of school traffic is ridiculous and when you see the big cars and the big SUVs parked outside schools to collect their little darlings and those darlings are 15 or 16 years old if those who are protesting who are similar age were so worried about the climate then stop making your parents go and collect you from the school gate walk and if it's unsafe well surely you can walk a distance and that would alleviate traffic a lot of the traffic caused these days in towns and cities is not by workers again if you look at the traffic jams it's always to do around school time uh, feels Brian also Brian making the point that Ireland is so small if we all stopped driving it would make no difference at all to the overall climate change uh, your view on that Brian to email at jp at c103.ie and shortly we're going speaking to the Society of Irish Motoring this is regarding the the impact that they're seeing at the moment to the Irish motor industry regarding cars being purchased in the UK and being brought in and there's a fear for jobs now locally because of the fact that more people are choosing and because sterling obviously is so low choosing to go to the UK or indeed not even crossing the sea just going to Northern Ireland and, and purchasing your particular car from there and if you want a highbrow car you can get a lot cheaper uh, than you will here in the Republic because of the difference in price for the moment anyhow. Well Dermot says rebuying cars in England the roads also are way better in England so a used car from the UK will be in much better condition the roads here are so full of potholes the same car would be wrecked Good point, Dermot. Uh, the roads can be better. A lot of motorways in the UK compared to here, so the cars probably would be better than Nico Wright. Thank you, Dermot, for your call to Bernie on that. 1850 333 103. While Mary 
on the issue says cars coming from the UK they come in clean but she says when they come in clean that affects valitors and it affects those who clean the cars for a living I should know because I live at one day I think they should be taxed to those who do purchase the car in the UK the tax should be higher if they are bringing it into Ireland says Mary on text to 0862103103 well I presume if you buy a second car here as well the garage will clean it out for you and will look after it anyhow Mary thank you for your text and on the issue of beef and beef farmers and what they have done over the weekend now is that the pickling at the factory gates has now finished and the talks now are due to continue. We're going to hear more tomorrow on exactly what is happening this week with regards to the beef plant movement. The main thing that farmers want is the base price but are they going to get that? Well we'll have to wait and see but on what I mentioned earlier uh, that there is in the UK a story coming out over the weekend and this is from an event at the weekend in the UK where basically they have come out and said eating meat could be banned like smoking and they're calling people who produce meat ecocides and those who are eating meat the same they're saying those people who are producing meat and that are basically farming livestock uh, they're calling for legislation to criminalise those who cause global warming and the willful destruction of wildlife Uh, that was making the papers in the UK over the weekend on that Tim says I'm a beef farmer but the writing is on the wall the days are numbered for food production via livestock. A survey of people 18 to 21 years in 2015 showed 6% were vegan or vegetarian. A survey of the same age group in 2018 showed the 6% had risen to 30%. Remember, these are the customers of the future, says Tim on text to 86 And Veronica, who's been in touch on a total different issue, and this is to do with the TV licence. And maybe we can help out Veronica with this. I presume you will have to get it back on to either on posts or someone within the licensing department within Impost who looks after the TV licence this is kind of a catch-22 but uh, Veronica in North Cork says her daughter was two months late in getting her TV licence now she paid for the TV licence over the phone and got the licence in the post but in March because she was getting the carer's allowance she was awarded a free licence she did not look for any refund on the licence she had already purchased but then she got a summons to court for non-payment of her licence. So she had two licences to cover the time in question. She did not go to court because she has a special needs child. But now, because she did not go to court, she faces a fine of €262. Any advice for Veronica for her daughter? I would presume at this stage I would go back to the TV licence authority and within Unpost and tell them your situation and what has happened. Now, they may still fine you because they will say, well, you were late getting a TV licence and I'm not too sure because you got are entitled to a free one in March. Will they weigh up the time period there? But I would make contact with them. Uh, and then if they're going to you know, penalise you for not going to court is that a separate matter I, I still will contact them because your fine would, may go up again and they may look for you to return to court if you're not going to answer them but uh, Veronica in North Cork and her situation with her daughter and the TV licence and interesting this morning I was reading a piece in the Irish Daily Mail and it's showing the most dangerous major road leagues across the country and there's two here in Cork first of all there's one north of Fermoy off the N72 junction with the R630 it's accounted for 166 seven collisions on that particular junction also another junction now the papers this morning I mentioned Washington Street to Merchants Quay and I was reading that going 
well, they really aren't near each other in the city centre, but I think what they mean is the actual area from Washington Street and indeed Merchants Quay, both those particular corners, their junction with Patrick Street. And seemingly that is another area whereby there's a number of collisions and you can see there, I think one of the ones from Washington Street is because there's a bus lane on the left-hand side. Everybody's trying to merge. Some people don't realise there's a bus lane. Maybe they do. And they drive in the bus lane and because they're not letting traffic coming out, on the other lane into the particular bus lane to turn left onto Patrick Street. Uh, there is a few collisions there. Basically, a lot of it is just drivers in, in a rush and not letting others out. You'll see that from time to time. Also, the parallel place to Merchants Key Junction uh, is one of those areas whereby no matter what people try and do, the lanes are just so narrow there. You will see accidents and tips there a lot and simply because the lanes are very narrow. You have three lanes, everybody going, two lanes going in the one direction, going left, another lane going right and that is causing confusion as well for many people and then similar if you're on Merchants Key turning left to Patrick Street, a number of collisions there. I think the lanes are so tight on Merchants Key and around Parnell Place that that is the reason for many of those particular crashes. Anyhow, maybe Maybe you have more roads in Cork that you think are worse than what I've mentioned. Let us know as they're compiling the most dangerous major roads league for Ireland and Cork. We're not far behind that particular league either. We're coming out there uh, fairly well. A number of roads in the Cork area. Just a few that I mentioned. Maybe there's more where you know uh, that are worse than those we've mentioned. Let us know. 1850-333-103. And we've all heard... Uh, about uh, local parishes here in the Cork area, be that if you're in the Diocese of Cline or indeed in the Diocese of Cork and Ross where the weakened mass services have reduced because simply there's not enough priests to go around and if you're in a, a particular town, the outer villages now in that town are being served by the same priest in that town. So if there was mass at six o'clock in the town, the priest then will be going to the village nearby and saying the seven o'clock mass, for example. And that is happening more and more across the country as well, well, one way to tackle this, everybody has said, is allow women priests. And the bishop has given his support for a specially devised delegation process for the ordination of women priests. It's the Kalala Diocese, and that's made up of about 22 uh, mainly rural parishes in North Mayo and West Ligo. And they undertook the process with the blessing of Bishop John Fleming as part of its efforts to arrest the decline of the church in the area after the analysis showed that priest numbers indicate that by 2037 the 22 parishes of the diocese will be served by only wait for this five or six priests now a spot survey of all the masses over the three consecutive weekends indicated that attendance overall was 29%. Uh, so the changes will have to be made, uh, be made there. Uh, that's just one area of the country. You can really look at various areas here in Cork and realise changes will have to be made here as well. But if they did allow for women to be ordained priests then you'd have more priests in the system and more people to give time to various parishes across the country. Now, some will argue if our mass attendance is going to be that high and do we really need all the churches in the future and indeed do we really need all the priests in the future as well? Uh, it depends. You know, at the end of the day, when people say they don't go to mass, yet though those having children are having their 
baby christened, if you're getting married, a lot of people are choosing still to have their marriage in the church. So uh, will there be a need for priests in the future? Looking at those stats, even though people may not be going to Mass every weekend, people are still turning to the church for funerals, for weddings and indeed for christenings. So your views are welcome on that. 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 discussing the impact on the Irish motor industry next because of the amount of people who are going to the UK purchasing cars. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities for classic windows in Columny. They require a trainee sales and salesperson. Full training will be provided. Contact 021-487-5833 or email your CV to mary at classicwindows.ie. A farm operative is wanted for the North Cork area for general farm work, relief milking and tractor driving. Experience is essential. Contact Mike on 87 982 and the Cozy Cafe in Kinsale are looking for a full-time breakfast chef. Previous experience is an advantage. Email your CV to the Cozy Cafe Kinsale at Outlook.com. You'll find these details and more job opportunities online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. The Society of the Irish Motor Industry is highlighting the dangers facing the Irish motor industry, mainly as a result of Brexit. Brian Cook, who's director of SIMI, joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Brian. Good morning, John Paul. A lot of people are holding off from purchasing any large items or expensive items due to Brexit. But in your case, with sterling being so low, people are deciding if they are looking at a new car, especially the the high-end new cars. They are going to the UK or even without crossing the Irish Sea, going up north to Northern Ireland and purchasing a car and they can get it they feel anyhow for a lot better value because of sterling yeah well John Paul and there's a third piece to that John Paul there's a lot of Irish retailers that are actually bringing in those those imports as well and they're also selling their cars which is probably a better route for the consumer because if there is an issue in relation to the car if they buy it off a, a local retailer uh, any remedy is uh, is much easier to get but there's no doubt Brexit has had a very negative impact on the new car market uh, new car sales are down by over 20% since the announcement of the Brexit vote um, so um, that's clearly a negative impact people are going to the UK there's no doubt about it but I think if you look at a lot of the cars that are people are buying in the UK um, a quarter of a million of them that have come in over the last three years are actually pre-2015 cars uh, which don't meet, meet the latest EU emission standards so um, a, a lot of them but what that actually does is it actually impacts on the Irish used car residual values as well so that increases the cost to change for any Irish motorists so it's kind of been a double whammy for the industry so with those vehicles that people are purchasing, you mentioned there they don't meet the EU emissions. Are you saying that people are bringing in these cars here? Are really the UK reducing value because they know they don't meet the emission targets and will just dump them to another country? Yeah, well, I think that's, that, that is it. Now, there's nothing wrong with customers looking for value, but in terms of the running costs of those vehicles, they're less fuel efficient. And in terms of air quality, in terms of CO2, they're much more damaging to the environment than a new or a, or a, or a newer car. So the UK, in effect, is dumping some of its environmental problem into Ireland. 
And with regarding people purchasing cars in the UK, many feel that, okay, if you purchase here in Ireland, you will get a guarantee, you will get backup of service to your car. Uh, one person has texted here saying, I did buy a car in the UK and my friend went over and collected the car for me. In the end, he got four cars off a UK dealer and he got a warranty then. Uh, with that, uh, this person feels the Irish garages are too expensive. Well, I mean, I think that that warranty is only enforceable in the UK. That is that use that's a used car warranty. It's not enforceable in Ireland. So they would, if there is something wrong with that car, they would probably have to go back to the to the UK garage unless that garage has an arrangement with some Irish company. So, I mean. The, the the overall car market there is there is activity out there. If you look at the combined first registrations uh, between new cars and used imports, it's been quite consistent over the last four or five years. So a lot of people are phoning with their feet, and they are actually going to Irish retailers as well. So it's not just the UK where the value is. There's plenty of value to be had in Irish new, used cars and in Irish new cars as well. And why is it the case? Is it because of tax here? Because there is a, a big difference if you look on UK websites to Irish websites in cars, especially those. As I said, the more expensive vehicles and the more sporty models. Why is that? I mean, do we need to look at the tax regime here in this country? Is well, that one of the reasons? Yeah, well, that is one of the reasons. Like last in last year's budget, um, there was actually an effective tax increase on new cars that there wasn't on used imports. And there was also an additional levy put on diesel cars, which actually penalised new cars more, even though they have less. Um, and negative emissions than, than used cars. So the VRT regime in Ireland, it actually makes a new car more expensive proposition, puts it beyond the reach of many car buyers. So that does two things. It always encourages them to hold on to their car for longer or to look to the UK for an older import. And with regarding the jobs in your particular sector, is there effects at the moment because if this continues, I presume garages will have to look at their staffing levels? Well, I think I think there, there will be at the moment, I would say, uh, any increase in employment, which, you know, which had happened in 2015 and 2016, I think many places would have employment freezes. We lost 15,000 jobs. Um, in two to, between 2009 and 2012, um, now we've got we've got about 12,000 of those jobs back. So I think you know we have struggles to get back to where we are. Uh, but if if there is a significant, if there was another increase in VRT um, n- next year, that could dampen the new car market even further, and that could have uh, a very neg- negative impact on employment in our sector. Okay, you mentioned there regarding the guarantee that it would be only in the UK. I've got a number of people who've been back on to me who have said we have purchased cars in the UK and the warranty was covered no problem in Ireland. We just go along to a, a recognised garage and they current they covered well, that, everything for us. Sorry, that's only if the car is up to two years old and that's the manufacturer's warranty. But older cars, the warranty will only be the dealer's warranty. So a manufacturer's warranty will cross borders. However, that is a EU manufacturer's warranty. So in the event the UK, which it looks like, crash out on the 31st of October or some later date, those warranties won't be transferable. So because, because if they go, it's for EU. But if they're not in the EU, that, that will no longer work for those who purchase the cars there. Yeah, but it's, it's only the manufacturer part of the warranty. The dealer part of the warranty only relates to the dealer. So you would have to go back to the, wherever you bought the car in the UK. And do you know of any dealers who might have a system going here with Irish dealers? And I don't mean the big Irish dealers now, maybe the the, the private car uh, sellers. Is there any of that going on at the moment? Well, I, I think in terms of retailers, both you know, both franchise retailers and independent retailers are 
are are dealing with used imports at the moment because they see the value there as mm. well. So and again, as I said earlier on, if you were to get if you you're better off shopping Irish because firstly you actually protect an employment in your own local community. But as I say, you have a, you have a much quicker, more ready remedy. Uh, in the event that something goes wrong, particularly on an older car. And for all those people who do decide, look, that they, they hear where you're coming from, you are protecting employment in your local area, but at the end of the day, it's all about price. They need to protect their own pockets so that they're going to get a car cheaper in the UK and bring it back, and it's still cheaper than the one in Ireland. They're going to do that, regardless of supporting the Irish motor oh, industry no, or I, employment. People no, are I, going to do that. Oh, no, I've no doubt about that, John Paul. Con- con- Customers have always uh, always go for value, and and if it suits them. But as I say, that value is in Irish retailers. If you shop around, um, you will get value in Irish retailers. So you should go to an SIMI retailer. But could this swing around for you guys then? Because you mentioned Britain and a hard Brexit. If there is a hard Brexit, it's going to be harder to bring a car uh, either from the north down to the south, or indeed across uh, the Irish Sea. Because if they crash out of the EU whatever people think we don't know what exactly will happen but there will be some type of border somewhere and some type of checks well I, th- I think it, it, there will automatically actually be a 10% tariff on, on cars mm. both new and used coming in from the UK so that could impact it but then sterling may, may, may weaken it, may, it will be more difficult to be much bigger, bigger administrative burden but in saying that like a, a hard Brexit is bad for the Irish economy and what's good for Irish retailers including in our sector is, is that the relationship between Britain is more normalised and the exchange rate uh, normalises back to where it should be not, not where it is at the moment and I think if you read a reason if there is a price definition differential between Irish used cars and UK used cars it is, is purely down to the exchange rate so if, if there was a good deal sterling would, ex- would strengthen the Irish economy would, would keep growing and I think that would be good for everybody And overall even I know you were worried about the fact that there is industry coming out of or leaving Ireland to go to the UK and the money is going over there for the car industry. Overall, how is the industry doing? Because in the last year, it's evident to see a lot of new garages opening up on the outskirts of our major cities anyhow. Well, I, I, well, I think um, in terms of uh, the overall activity in the industry, uh, used car activity has been quite good. After sales, servicing has been quite good as well um, o- over the last eighteen months. Um, however, the new car portion of the market hasn't been hasn't been strong, and uh, ultimately, that the overall health of the industry in the longer term depends on a strong new car market because that's where people will get their trade-ins. That's where will. Uh, keep service base full so I think um, in the short term it's pr- the both the used cars and the aftermarket have sustained the industry but we do need a longer uh, a, a much stronger new car market over the longer term OK we'll wait and see what happens I suppose Brexit will really tell a lot on how they handle Brexit either if they crash out or not for the moment uh, Brian thanks for joining us this morning that is Brian Cook their director of SIMI regarding uh, the amount of people who are still purchasing vehicles in the UK and bring them back here to Ireland on that a number of texts in. First of all, a texter here is saying, I'm sick of listening to calls for the car import bans from the SIMI. A cousin purchased a UK car recently. He compared the specs of a similar car available in Ireland and it exceeded the Irish car specs and passed the NCT. No bother. And on the UK garages cover, a texter here is saying, the warranty with a private garage, no problem. I bought a five-year-old car and it was covered. I had a problem and the dealer in the UK paid 
pay to fix it and he has paid me. He told me then if Brexit, if the UK do crash out of the European Union because of Brexit, uh, the actual warranty will still be in cover, uh, says that particular texter to 0862103103. So, mixed views there. Maybe it just depends on who you're dealing with in the UK. Many people will do this all the time so they'll know exactly on how to deal with the particular garages in the UK and, and they could get their guarantees work that way. Anyhow, uh, your views are welcome. You can text on WhatsApp 0862103103 or indeed call Bernie 1850 A lot of calls and comments and on that issue we'll get to those as well. Also on the issue of bringing your children to school and why so many parents do drop their kids off at the school gate. That's from Brian's comments earlier regarding the climate uh, march that was in the city centre. He feels if all those students were so passionate about climate then they'd walk to school instead of getting their parents to drop them at the school gate and causing traffic chaos. Uh, Brian put it with their parents driving big SUVs. Anyhow we'll get to those comments well shortly on the show but in the meantime we're going to look ahead to the Marvel Marquee. It's on Abandon this weekend. A number of acts from the Furies to Chasing Abbey and we're going to hear from the local band The Shrugs because they're playing at that particular event. We'll speak to them next at that Marvin Marquis event we here at C103 are proud media partners also we're going to hear more on that big lotto win in Cork over the weekend You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
103. Cork Band, the Shrugs are back with another new single. The band, who have had a number of hits in the past, including their viral and famous Potto song, are gearing up for the Marvel Marquee, which is taking place in Bandon. And C103 are proud media partners of that event. Keith Hendricks and James Downing from the band join me in studio this morning. Good morning to you guys. AJP. Morning. Uh, thanks for joining us. First of all, I mentioned the Marvel Marquee there. Are you delighted to be playing at such a big event in your own hometown? Because a lot of artists we interview really take time out and appreciate when their own home place invite them to, to perform. Is that something you're looking forward to? Absolutely. I, 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 it's going to be brilliant. Um, they've, they've, they've got three days. It's kind of like a mini festival. And it's in the GA Pavilion. Uh, I think on, on the Friday night, Chasing Abbey. Uh, the Saturday is the Furies and Sunday is Robert Mizell and the support acts then are uh, Jord Hearn and Shaka Shaka on the Friday night and Danny O'Leary on the Saturday and us on the Sunday and uh, Patrick Feeney will be making a special guest appearance that's a real mixture of bands there I mean you have a lot of uh, young performers from Chasing Abbey and then you have the country and Irish side of things with the Furies and Robert Mazzell uh, keys to the great for yourselves to be involved in that and to be included in big names like the Chasing Abbey Robert Mazzell and indeed local artist Danny O'Leary yeah definitely um, I think they got a great mix of uh, bands I think there's something there for everybody so um I think they really outdone themselves um, for definitely for a first go at it. Um, I, I, I hope it keeps going now because um, I think it's great for the for the town and for everybody. And there seems to be such a positive energy around it. So I can't wait for it. Yeah, both of you are banned on lads uh, and both of you know what the town has gone through over the last number of years regarding flooding. We can see the evidence of that with flood relief works and storage works being continued, uh, which do continue here in the town. And the work is being carried out across not only here in Bandon, but towns right across Cork. So when communities get together and organise something like this, it's great that the community can be supporting their own and indeed that this will add an atmosphere in the town. Yeah, definitely, definitely, because it has been a tough few years, I think, for everybody in Bandon, and it, it still is, I suppose. Um, so anything that, that brings people together, that brings a positive energy to the whole town, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Now, James, the last time we had both of you in studio was the Pothole song. Uh, that song, at the time, it was being released, and you weren't sure how it would go, uh, but it went viral. And I think it was an appropriate time because the Potholes were in the news for, for that particular month of May last year. Did you expect it to go that far? Well, not really, but it, it, was, it was nice. But I, I suppose everyone knows, everyone is familiar with Potholes, and I suppose you can listen to it driving along the car and all that. And and when it comes to videos are they hard to produce then for yourself James you're usually used to the, the musical side of things and both of you are used to performing but the video is a new side of, of for local artists it's a new side of it with the likes of social media growing so much in the last number of years it is it's, it's, it's difficult but do you know the more videos we do the more experience we have so th- we have a new single coming out now uh, called West Cork and uh, we're recording a video on October 5th so we'll be going around to like the song mentions West Cork and, and Skibreen and Clonakilty and, and, and what's what's good about all those places in Bandon and and uh, we're recording in a lot of those locations with uh, Pascal Scott. He was in uh, The Young Offenders and Killing the Scully and do you remember the garden Killing the Scully? I remember the garden, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'll be a guy who know the ways the camera is supposed to go and exactly. how how you act in front of the camera. Did you mind that James acting in front of the camera? Well, I suppose we 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 get off a lot, really, don't we? Because we 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 don't have to do so much. Maybe there's yeah, just a bit yeah. of performance footage. I, I'd prefer to be in kind of the background, you know, <laughs> just. Uh, 
the camera will do a quick pan and I might just be standing there for a little bit but um, James seems to kind of take it naturally that's you yeah. know, he, he loves the limelight so and Keys tell us about this song James mentioned there this song it's entitled West Cork is it yep and yep. where did the words of this song come from how did you come up with this particular song um, I suppose it's kind of it comes from my love of West Cork really I suppose you know um, the the main chorus is I love West Cork so um, it kinda, I suppose I, I've been I, I did a lot of travelling and I've worked abroad and stuff like that so I've always been drawn back to West Cork so I just wanted to write something that kind of reflected that um, I know that a lot of artists and a lot of musicians and um, creative people are always drawn to West Cork and there's a lot of people like that living around West Cork so I think there's kind of a special um, it's just kind of a special area for that kind of creativity so yeah that's that's how it kind of came about yeah I think Cork as a whole is attracting a lot of people from the art culture to live here and, and locate here not only in West Cork as well but I know areas of North Cork uh, the art is really increasing there as it is in East Cork but you mentioned one thing there about West Cork it seems to be the place at the moment if you want to live or say you're from what it is I don't know but mm. it is becoming that kind of populism uh, that is out there regarding various areas of the country with a song like this, do you think he's that it would fit nicely in a tourism video? Could you see a good going down that particular route with that? Yeah, and, and a lot of people have actually mentioned it when they hear it. They kind of go, oh, geez, that'd be brilliant for the tourist board. And because we mentioned a lot of different towns, like James was saying. So it would be great, you know, if those towns were to, you know, help us promote it. Yeah. Have they um, approached both of you and any of the tourist boards or the local tourism offices here about that? I have approached um, kind of the Irish tourism boards, but... Um, I, I don't think I've been emailing or calling the right people yet so hopefully we'll get uh, them on board as well, well hopefully because yeah. the people you're going to sing the song here for us live in a few minutes but with the particular song itself people will hear the various towns they'll hear the attractions to the towns it would fit in well in some feature of a local tourism video because it would promote the fact that we have local music here local mm. musicians which they always do in those videos so yeah. at least they could have even singing in a yeah. bar or something like they would show the bars or something like that in Clonacilty yeah. and show you in that particular scene uh, maybe the county council could help you out there maybe the county mayor he's very passionate yeah, about the we, area we will definitely try all those kind of avenues anyway so um, it's nice as well because it was recorded in West Cork as well so we did it down in um, Wayfield Studios down in Clonkilty with Brian Casey and um, so everything is done in West Cork so it's a real West Cork song really local nice. video yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and James yourself uh, when you, you don't have any problems staring staring in videos anyway according to Keys <laughs> uh, with, with the music side of things you yourself have a lot of musicians uh, a musical work outside of the band as well you play in, in various uh, bands and, and your dad of course was highly involved in the music industry locally in the band and area as well yes that's right uh, no, no, no Direction is, is, is my, my second band I suppose you'd, you'd, you'd call it um, we, we play a lot of um, kind of waltzy country stuff and uh there he's he's um he's a bit of a he's a bit of a local legend really so it's it's nice to it's nice to be able to keep it in the family and and and, and that's where the music is coming from for yourself from yeah. your dad what about what? you keys where did the music come from from your family um i suppose from my mother's side she used to be a drummer back in the day oh. and um her record collection was huge when i was growing up she had all bob dylan bruce springsteen rolling stones and so i kind of just fed off that when i was younger and um yeah, like I don't really have any direct musicians in the family anymore, but um, 
yeah, I think that's where it came from. So. And you're mentioning names of artists there. We were in with in McCroom on Friday last with the show and we had a number of singers on the show and I was asking them just where did they get their inspiration from from singing and what artists would they have grown up listening to or or, or who would they like to be or model themselves on. And for yourself, Keys, would it be one of those that you heard growing up, Bob Dylan, or, or where do you get your, your ideas from or what artists do you think you could, um, you could be, try and be like? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love all those artists. So I have very broad kind of... Um, taste, I kind of like everything. Um, but I suppose with this song, there was a lot of Fleetwood Mac kind of influence as well. Yeah, yeah then, actually, you're right. You yeah, yeah, then a lot of um, a lot of kind of Irish stuff as well. Like I love Damien Dempsey as well, and um, yeah, just just anything really. Yeah. yeah. And what about yourself, James? Well, I, it's funny. Uh, like it, at any barbecues, you know, if I'm pl- if I'm told to put my 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 play on shuffle nobody can take it because it's so it's all so different you know so you could have funk and, and hardcore jazz I, I like a lot of Miles Davis and a lot of drummers that would influence me because that's that's my primary instrument mm. you know but um, I, I suppose this morning I was listening to a local Cork girl Linda Cullen and she was and I was watching a documentary on, on Pulp so you know that's kind of all over the place really <laughs> every kind of genre is yeah, yeah, for yeah. You. I'm open to listening to anything really is it as hard as ever for musicians to get your, your music out there I know now with download it's easier for people to download music but even to get it played on radio or even to, to get it accessible on those download platforms is it easier James is, is it as well, tough as always what I think is that you are like with, with social media you know you have to be on top of it and as well this, this release now like for us it'll be a double single release so that's a kind of a new Thing it'll be we feel this way as well that'll be released at the same time so we're we're trying something new you know we, I haven't heard of people doing that very often so we're we're wondering how how this will go if we, if we release two singles on the same yeah. on the mm-hmm. same day you know and we've the video for West Cork and we'll have feel this way then as the double you know the number number two if you like yeah I think there's a lot of experimenting that you can do now um, with social media and getting your music out there it's a lot easier to get it out there but it's getting people to listen to it is the, the yeah, hard thing the, I suppose the key, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and grabbing the, bringing them in and make sure that they want to listen to more of your music exactly. and want you to release more songs and that's exactly. what the key yeah, is yeah, yeah. a tough industry I suppose at the moment as well money wise there's so much out there so many artists out there yeah. it's hard to make money you, as in, both of you are working elsewhere but mm. to be a standalone band it probably at the moment wouldn't pay you just to do that no I, I don't think it's very easy at all um I think we're we're in kind of a good position, I suppose, because we're working away and we're doing this kind of because we love it so much. Mm. Um, but for other bands doing it full time, I think it's pretty tough. I've seen a lot of bands that just kind of quit, I suppose, because they weren't making enough, even though they were successful in their own right and they were actually getting awards and stuff like that. But they weren't able to monetize what they had. So, yeah, it's it's tough. Well, your big gig anyhow is this Sunday at the Marvel Marquee where you're joined with the likes of Robert Mazel and indeed Patrick Feeney. So best of luck with the gig this Sunday. So sit back now there and you're going to perform your new song, West Cork. So while you're doing that and getting ready, I can tell you that the Marvel Marquee will be at the Bandon GAA Grounds this coming weekend. It runs from September 27th to 29th as we heard some great lineups there from Chasing Abbey, also the Furies, Robert Mazel, Patrick Feeney and of course local band The Shrugs so best of luck to everybody involved with the Marvel Marquee and ourselves here at C103 our proud media partners but here are The Shrugs now with their latest song West Cork
With the kind of eyes you might find only in Kinsale I've seen lights that never go out And cities that never sleep Give me the blackness of a country night uh, The rest, yeah, you can keep Because I've been all around the globe But only one place feels like home No need for New Orleans, I got Skibbery No need for Oregon, I stay in Bandon The music of Tennessee is better in Clonakilty Forget about the lights of New York Oh, I love West Cork Oh, I love West Cork And when the bad times hit And people had to leave But now more are coming back Well, they found they were missing the beauty And the glory and Cork Sure's way more crack And given the choice I've heard many exclaim About the arts and the music and the G Nothing compares to driving on a sunny day Down in Bantry Bay Because I've been all around the globe But only one place feels like home No need for New Orleans, I got Skibbereen No need for Oregon, I'll stay in Bandon The music of Tennessee is better in Forget about the lights of New York Oh, I love West Cork Oh, I love West Cork There's only one time I feel in my best That's when I'm I got Skibbereen, no need for Oregon, I'll stay in Bandon. The music of Tennessee is better in Clonakilty. So forget about the lights of New York. Oh, I love West Cork. Oh, I love West Cork. Oh, I love West Cork. Well done, Les, that is the Shrugs, the band and bands who were performing this weekend at the Marvel Marquee and there's a number of acts there from Chasing Abbey to the Furies to Robert Mazzell it's on this weekend and C103 are proud media partners and thanks to the guys for joining us in studio this morning on the way more of your calls and comments to do with parents who are dropping their children to school a lot of people are questioning the climate change march at the weekend well on Friday last anyhow and are questioning well if the students are that unhappy with cars on the road why are they insisting on their parents to drop them to the school gate a lot of reaction to that also on the import of UK cars plus on the way your questions are welcome for Annalisa because she'll join us after 12.30 if you have a particular health question get it into us 1850 333 103 or 
And you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And we'll also try and find out who is the lucky lottery winner that was bought, of course, in Inishannon over the weekend. Over 5 million last Friday's lotto. Any idea who that is? Well, we'll speak to the shop and see. Uh, do they know a lot of passing trade there as well? Anyhow, that and more to come between now and one. Good afternoon to you. Bernie takes your comments at 1850 And keep your questions coming for Annalisa, our nutritional therapist. She'll join us after 12. 30. If you have a question for Annalisa, get it into us. You can always text or WhatsApp 086 or call Bernie on 1850 Now, a lot of comments coming into us on the various items we've discussed this morning. First of all, on uh, Minister Jim Daly, who is retiring from politics. A number of comments in on that. Some we got through earlier in this morning. Here is more. First of all, a text was saying, I would not like to care to be the Fine Gael politician who will be facing the doors next year for the general election while Heidi is saying and she feels that Fine Gael and Jim Daly has let rural Ireland down and yes does think he's the only and does he think he's the only one that has to work and carry on with a job think of all the families that are also in the same situation says Heidi but they can retire and walk away with a handshake feels Heidi on WhatsApp to 0862103103 on regarding driving at the moment and the number of roads and, and a survey has been done on the worst black spots in Ireland there's been a number of them in Cork that have high collision rates so two of those are the Washington Street Junction to Patrick Street and the Merchants Key Junction to Patrick Street they have been mentioned as one of the highest collision rates right across the city and in the county one of the roads mentioned is the R630 north of Fermoy now uh, the R630 north of Fermoy I'm sure that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people maybe it does but basically this is the junction with the N72 and this basically what from what I can recall of that road that's if you're travelling from Fermoy and heading towards Castleton Roach and one of the junctions there that road has accounted for 100, 167 collisions in the past year alone so a lot of bad roads have been noted over the last year and was asking earlier what roads in your area I mean they're just an example of roads in the Cork area where there's been high collisions on a particular stretch of road but what roads in your area do you feel have a black spot or a dangerous condition where what does in the end lead to an accident well a number of people have been on first of all uh, an area um, in Kenturk it's it's going on the main road from Kenturk to head out towards Ballymacourt Cross I know they have now cleared up that road but still it is lethal the speed that people travel from the Mallow to Clarny side and all junctions as you leave Kenturk to approach and get out onto the main Mallow to Clarny road is ridiculous between the junctions being poor and the speed of traffic uh, there is going to be a serious collision there someday we've already had a number of bad collisions we don't want more but I can't see a solution uh, for the particular road uh, says Anna in Kenturk and also hi to John who says he feels if you're travelling from Bandon to Clonakilty there's a number of junctions especially now with roadworks in Bandon he says uh, people are using back roads and traffic is zooming out in front of the main traffic on the main road simply because of the volume of traffic uh, Audrey says the trouble in the city with driving is that people stop on the yellow box and won't let people 
people in and no matter what happens they will not let cards in uh, and because of that there's no manners and a lot of it is t- to do with people not paying attention also uh, says Audrey a good point a lot of uh, those in uh, who drive in the town or in the city will realise the yellow box uh, the yellow box is there for a reason uh, but how many times have you been at a junction trying to get out onto the main part of the street and you can't do that because all the cars are in a yellow box and any commuter and we've heard this before and people have been on to us from various county towns who commute and work in the city and the biggest area we get this in is near the Elysian uh, Albert Road near the Elysium when people are coming out of Albert Road and they want to uh, get onto that stretch there near the Elysium and turn right to go over towards Penrose Wharf we keep getting calls about that and they're unable to get off the road now I know traffic can be an issue and you can only maybe allow one car out but even on a day when traffic isn't an issue because people driving around the Elysium drive into that yellow box the cars in Albert Road simply have to wait until the box frees up but they could be waiting 10 or 15 minutes and the majority of that is because people just ignore the sign of the yellow box. Audrey, thank you for your text to 0862103103 from uh, the issue of driving to priests. And this is a story that's making the papers this morning and it is to do with uh, priest shortages across, not only here in Cork, but it's across the country. But it's a story that's coming from Sligo and Mayo. And the bishop there has given support for a specially devised delegation process for the ordination of women priests. And it's from the Diocese of Clala, uh, which is in North Mayo and serves West Sligo. And they're realising that in years to come, uh, they will only have a small number of priests for the 22 parishes within that particular diocese and we're all seeing how masses are reducing in areas whereby if you're in a main town uh, for example it's happened in in, uh, in every town really across Cork but news in the last week or so from the Diocese of Cline uh, that Mallow will be serving the parish of Moore Abbey more so now and for so for the example is you'll have masses reducing in outer areas and you may have the priest in Mallow then serving all the areas outside of Mallow and with that they're reducing times in, in the town so for example uh, in some towns they might just have one vigil mass now on a Saturday evening whereby they would have had two a number of years ago and that is the reason why people are looking at other ways to see how they can implement people in getting involved in the church and one of those is by ordaining women priests and while a lot of people on text and WhatsApp agree with what has been done there in Mayo and Sligo Liz says the answer to the priest shortage is not female priests they just need to allow priests to marry as a human species we are not meant are we not meant to spend life alone or with somebody else surely we are meant to spend uh, time with somebody else uh, says Liz on text to 0862103103 that we are not meant to spend life uh, living alone would you agree with Liz on that that female an- the female priests are not the answer and if we allowed priests to get married well then that would solve a lot of what is happening in the church or then would it is it just the way things are going I'm not too sure would uh, allowing priests to marry would that increase people to go along and sign up to become a priest so let us know 1850 and a number of calls and texts in regarding the climate change protest that was held last Friday in the city it did cause a bit of traffic chaos but the big amount of uh, emails and calls we got this morning and indeed over the weekend was from people and Brian being one of them asking why and why are all these students out on a Friday first of all why not do it on a weekend when they are off school but also practice what you preach basically Brian was saying Uh, when you go along to the schools and you go along to the school gate at 3 o'clock when they're going home or 9 o'clock when they're starting approximately times I'm giving there uh, the 
traffic. It's chaos because all the parents are dropping their kids to school. So Brian felt, well, if that's the way they are going about climate change, why don't all those teens walk to school or let their parents drop them near enough to the school gate but let them walk some of the way and let let them alleviate the traffic in the particular school area that is building up but also alleviate the amount of cars that are going into a village, a town or into the city that they are protesting against. So uh, Brian basically saying practice what he preach. Well, on that, uh, Tim says, and a good, a good point here from Tim when it comes to schools and where schools are situated, Tim is saying when a new school is being planned, the first thing to be laid out is the teacher's car park and the teachers go in and talk about saving energy and then reducing carbon emissions. I agree with carpooling for the under 11s, though I walked about three miles to school in an urban setting with no transport says Tim and another person saying on on text the reason why parents go along to the actual school gate is because the children's school bags are too heavy they're weighing a stone and a half these days and that is the reason parents are going along to the school gate another text was saying the same issue that is this is why I go to the school gate to pick up the school gate even to pick up my child basically it's because of the weight of the school bags some of them can be up to 8k and surely you can't expect the child to be walking around the streets or on a country road with a big school bag on their back weighing that amount it's too much so that is the reason why parents are dropping uh, their children off at the school gates Uh, but Maria agrees with Brian and says yes people are protesting these days for climate change it's all populism they will go out and march for this that and the other thing just to show that they are part of this moving industry I don't know know it's industry the right word but anyway Maria it's the moving forum that is going out and supporting these new causes but looking at Brian and hearing Brian earlier he is right why not do this at the weekend? Why not just walk to school? And why uh, do they feel they have to go out and disrupt everybody else on a Friday afternoon? This can be one of the busiest afternoons in any town or any city. So while I do agree that we have to watch our climate change and our climate issues, this is the wrong way to go about it. Feels Maria on text to 0862103103. Uh, your calls and comments regarding uh, the climate protests last Friday and what some people feel was wrong. I mean, is Brian right? Is it a case of practice what you preach when it comes to uh, the amount of traffic at the school gate? Anyhow, let us know. 1850-333-103. A lot of more comments coming in regarding those who are purchasing cars abroad and bringing them here, especially from the UK to Ireland and how uh, SIMI, the uh, industry here for uh, the uh, motor trade in this country, is not happy with that we'll get to those comments shortly but a lot of that conversation was to do with Brexit and for anybody who is from the UK and living here in Cork there's a meeting being held tonight and this might interest you because it is targeting all those people who have moved from the UK and are living here in the Cork area because they will discuss the effects of Brexit and what people from the UK living in Ireland need to do with regards to driving licences and other issues. So the meeting is being hosted by the British Ambassador to Ireland, Robin Barnett, and it goes ahead at the West Cork Hotel in Skibreen at 6 o'clock this evening. So if you are from the UK and you're living here in Cork and you are wondering what to do with the driving licences and indeed 
other issues that you think may affect you if there is a hard Brexit. That meeting tonight being hosted by the British Ambassador to Ireland, Robin Barnett. You can ask questions there as well and it goes ahead at the West Cork Hotel in Skibbereen at 6 o'clock this evening. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Gagan Community Alert Meeting will be held this evening at 8 o'clock in the Gagan Community Hall and Cardiac Support Group in North Cork. They will hold a nutritional therapist, Maria Collins, giving a presentation entitled Gut Health. And that is on at the Mallow Daycare Centre at 8 o'clock this evening. And join Johnny Bongos and friends in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. That's on this coming Thursday for their Trad for Trocra session. And that starts there at 10 o'clock. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Great excitement across the weekend in Cork because the Centra store in Shannon last Friday they sold the winning lotto jackpot which was 5.3 million euros. So everybody is checking their lotto ticket especially if you were in Inishana and you bought your lottery tickets at the weekend there last Friday, Barry O'Sullivan is from the Centra store in Inishana. He's a store owner and joins me. Good afternoon to you, Barry. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Now, a huge amount of money for anybody to win. Great for your particular store. But it was Friday. It was a nice week last no, week. It was Saturday. Oh, it was a Saturday. Yeah, so the lot of guys are in this morning and we were quizzing them. Mm-hmm. So they've informed us that it was a six euro quick pick. Oh. purchased on Saturday. Oh, it was Saturday, because initially we thought it was Friday, wasn't it? Yes, yes. So we've we've asked them for the time so we could go strolling through the CCTV, but they're unwilling to give us that information. So apparently <sighs> we're not going to be able to um, find out who it is, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep searching. Well, it was a good week. I know Saturday the weather did change. It still was a, a good week weather-wise, and people were coming and going and heading to the seaside and that kind of yeah, thing. So it, it could be, be someone who is commuting up and down, or it could be someone who was just going to West Cork for the weekend. Absolutely, with 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 with, with that road being busy, it could be anybody. But um, obviously, we'd implore everybody to check their ticket, and as soon as they know they're the winner, to contact me, and I'll hopefully look after them. So it's Saturday now we're looking for. It's Saturday. It's a six euro quick pick on Saturday. Oh, that could yeah. narrow it down. It would be great if it was someone locally in the Wouldn't Shannon area. It would be area. fantastic. It'd be yeah. fantastic, yeah. Good news story. It'd be fantastic. And was this your first win there? It is. It's our first win, yeah. It's, it's our first win of, the, of that. Of it's, um, I think it's the ninth lot of this year. I was asking the lot of guys this morning. He said it kind of, he thinks that it had rolled over nine times as well. So it's, um, it is quite a substantial amount of money, obviously, tax-free. It's the it's the jackpot to hit and how do you find out that you've won the actual winning lotto ticket the, I presume they contact you my lotto rep Martin rang me on Saturday night to, to tell me that we had we had sold the winning ticket so great excitement there with the staff I'm sure as oh, well oh fantastic yeah absolutely fantastic we're over the moon so. and as the shop when you do sell the particular winning ticket you get some mm-hmm. percentage don't you for for the store itself yeah, so the story in the pub last night was that I was getting 250,000, 5%. Now, unfortunately, this morning, they had dropped that to 1.5% at 79,500. But it has further dropped now since the lot of man came in, and it's 15,000. 15. So I'm going to give that to the staff. Are you? Yes, I informed well, my wife well tonight that we'll be getting none of it. I'll be giving it all to the staff. So it'd be nice to share it around. So you're going to share it with the staff in their way just uh, and and share the the love and the win around the the store there in the Shannon. Absolutely, it'll be it'll be it'll go around a little bit further that way anyway. Oh, excellent! Well, well done. I'm sure the staff will be delighted for that. And what made yeah. you decide that? Because not a lot of shop owners would do this. Um. Well, I suppose we're look. We're a small 
small close knit community here, and it's the it's the staff that are the shop. I mean, I, most shops are are the same. I think what differentiates us here is the is how good our staff are and how friendly they are, and it's 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 a reward to them for all their hard work. So that's what we've decided to do. Well, well done, because uh, Barry, you've, a lot of your staff there are part time as well, and maybe going to college. So any yeah. bit of extra money will be a huge advantage absolutely. to them. So well done to, to yeah, that. Absolutely. Uh, so now the search is on, basically, to see now who the got the ticket. Is on, so we'll have to um, keep an eye out on the car park for one nine two Mercedes Benz <laughs> to be pulling up and Range Rovers and. We will find the person if they're from Inishan and we will we will find them. But if they're local, someone will spot something anyhow and if Absolutely. they're not... An unusual pattern. Yeah, exactly. And if they're not, well, I'm sure the, the news will eventually break somewhere. And yourselves there, I mean, you mentioned the passing trade. Uh, it is a store that has got busier because commuting-wise, more people are commuting from outer areas now into the city if they're working. Uh, how is trade going? A lot of talk about Brexit, a lot of talk about shops recently. How are you finding things? Yeah. We're finding it good enough. Um, there's a lot of roadworks in Bandon, which may not be overly helping the road in general, that they, they're, they're going other roads. But I guess in relation to the work that they're doing in Bandon, like we're four kilometres on the Cork city side of Bandon. But I think when all that work is done, it'll all settle itself back down again. But we had a good summer. The weather wasn't as good, but we couldn't complain. I know it's it's popular for shopkeepers to complain, but no, we had a good summer. We'd be positive enough about everything. Well, well done, Barry. Well done on deciding to share out the amount you get there to the store from the lotto, and well yeah. done to whoever has won the particular lotto jackpot of five point three million euros from Saturday. Very nice win that is. So uh, we'll have to wait and see who, if someone does come forward. Uh, but whatever happens, anyway, great for your store there in Inishannon. Super. Thank you very much. Very good, uh, Barry. Thank you for joining us this afternoon, Barry O'Sullivan. There, a store manager with Sintra, or store owner even with Sintra in Inishannon. There, who sold the winning ticket at the uh, on Saturday, anyhow. And well, who'll come forward? We don't know. But great idea by them to go and share the particular amount of money they get from the national lottery with the staff. So well done there to Barry and all the gang at Sintra in Inishannon. Keep your questions coming for Annalisa. She joins us in the next few minutes. You can call Bernie eighteen. 18- 1-50-333-103 or indeed you can text a WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Annalisa will join us shortly and a lot of talk over the morning on who is the next act to play Cork this weekend. We've uh, had announcements over the last while of so many artists coming to Cork. We've had a Westlife of course in Parky Cueve. Uh, they're playing next August and a lot of talk this morning because at Irish Independent Park which became a new venue last year for musical acts another act was announced this morning for Cork and Louis Capaldi has announced that he is going to play the Irish Independent Park on Thursday June 18th next year it's one of many gigs that are going to be announced for that particular stadium next year and here he is the Scottish man himself I'm going on during this time I feel there's no one to save me this all and nothing really got away you're driving me crazy I need somebody to hear, somebody to know, somebody to have, somebody to hold. It's easy to say, but it's never the same. I guess I kinda like the way you know all the pain, now the day bleeds into nightfall, and you're not here to get me through it all. I let my gut down, and then you pull. 
that he will play Irish Independent Park next Thursday June 18th Louis Capaldi someone you loved at C103 and on Dangerous Roads and some of the Dangerous Roads we have here in Cork and there's a report out this morning naming a number of roads in the Cork area that are dangerous and are black spots another one Mary says a McCroom here who goes to Kenturk sometimes the Bally McQuirk Cross is very dangerous but why is there no sign to warn motorists of the dangerous cross if they had signs approaching then at least motorists hopefully would be able to slow down and realise the cross is ahead, says Mary in McCroom. Good point. They are trying a number of measures on that particular road and indeed on that particular cross, but that is a good point. Have you warning signs like we have in some areas that a dangerous cross or a dangerous junction is ahead? Mary in McCroom, thank you for your call to Bernie, 1850 and keep your calls coming. Annalisa Giselle from the Health Hub in Ballincollig. She joins us next with your nutritional advice. If you have any question for Annalisa, get it into us now. We have a number of them already in. We'll put them to her next. You can call Bernie 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 as Annalisa joins us next. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. And as per usual on a Monday, our nutritional advice with Annalisa Drizel joining us from the Health Hub in Ballincollig. She's across the way from the cinema. That's where it's located, the Health Hub in Ballincollig. Afternoon to you, Annalisa. Afternoon, John Paul. And a number of questions in, uh, first of all, to do with colds that people are seemingly getting in the last week or so. I'll get to those shortly. First, though, uh, first question that has come in to us earlier on this morning is from a texter and it's for a family member, Annalisa. And basically, it's because this family member suffers from non-alcoholic fatty liver and they're wondering if you had any recommendations of something that could help or they could take for this. 
Yeah, it's actually not uncommon, John Paul. So basically what happens is you get a build-up of fat that's being stored in the liver and this affects the liver's ability to function. So, um, and mostly this this type of illness occurs as a result of um, alcohol intake, but with non-alcoholic fatty liver, it's completely separate. And there does tend to be a genetic link, but there's no real, you know, definitive cause. So sometimes... um, it's been postulated like it's a theory that it's a bacteria that has affected the gut and the liver um, but there isn't a huge amount of evidence to be honest to back that one up so I think that to treat it it's probably good to treat the gut as well and make sure that you've got all the good bacteria um, living in your gut and that would definitely reduce inflammation around the whole body anyway so a good probiotic always um, and I think with probiotics it's important that you cycle them so you um, take different ones. It's like seeds in a garden, Jean-Paul. If you take the same probiotic all the time, it's like planting exactly the same flower in your garden. So all you're going to get growing is that one species and one type of flower. So when you're taking probiotics on a regular basis, try a different one all the time. And that way you'll be getting a really broad spectrum of all of them. The other thing that would be worth trying is something called alpha-lipoic acid. Now, this is very good for protecting cells from the effects of uh, blood sugar and glucose. And if there is a link between um, sugar and storage of fat in the liver, it will help with that as well. So uh, you'll get that in any health shop and it's spelled A-L-P-H-A, alpha, lipoic, L-I-P-O-I-C, acid. And then other things that are very important for the health of the liver would be um, milk thistle. So again, you'll buy that in any health shop that can come in tablet or tincture form. And this is very important for the cell's health of the liver. So um, you should take that all the time if you suffer from non, um, non-alcoholic fatty liver. Okay, hopefully uh, they uh, help that particular person there. And also Margaret in Whitechurch wants to know, have you any tips on Elisa for someone with heel spurs? Okay, it's very difficult. There's nothing naturally, to be honest, that will help with that. Something like um, a natural anti-inflammatory like turmeric might give you some relief over time. Um, and Boswellia is also another lovely natural anti-inflammatory. But heel spurs are very difficult. The other thing that's really difficult as well, John Paul, in the feet is um, plantar fasciitis and bursitis. They're all really hard um, to manage and they're very, very, very painful. So I don't think that um, aside from natural anti-inflammatories, there's anything specific actually that you can take. But it's about making sure that your feet are comfortable. So um, it's possible that you might need orthotics in your shoe. Definitely don't be wearing heels. Make sure that you've got great support for your arch um, and no heels. Um, so no beautiful high stilettos um, for, for nightclubbing or anything. Keep with the flat shoes all of the time. And I think some people might get relief from physiotherapy. But even at that, I think it's time is, time is the key there. It just takes time for it to heal. All right, and Noreen in Mornabi, she gets bruised very easily. She's wondering, is there any vitamins out there that she could take for this? Yeah, so bruising um, can sometimes indicate that you're a bit deficient in vitamin C. Vitamin C is very important for collagen in our skin and collagen um, in the tiny little capillaries and veins and arteries in our blood, in our in our circulatory system. So if you're bruising easily, um, your tiny little capillaries are possibly bursting. Um, So vitamin C is very good for the health of those. Hawthorne is another lovely one that's used for the health of tiny uh, capillaries and small veins. So a combination of vitamin C and hawthorne 
But one of the reasons that you might be bruising is if you're on an aspirin. That's perfectly normal. And what happens is that the blood becomes so thin that it actually leaks out of the capillaries. And that's what's causing the bruising is that blood that's leaked out. So if that's the case, maybe have a chat uh, with your doctor and just let them know that the bruising, you know, the bruising is, is, is pretty bad. And they might maybe look at the dose of your aspirin. Okay, also we got a lot of calls, Annalisa, across the morning and this is from people, and I'll sum it up with Louise, who has a head cold, a stuffed up, a pain in the head uh, and then it goes from being a, a stuffed up nose to a runny nose very fast. Any solutions on how she can clear this up? Yeah, so it's actually, John Paul, normally this all kicks off kind of November, but for some reason this year it just seemed to start when kids went back to school. There was just a huge amount of head colds and sinus problems so the best thing for anything in the head or sinus or even the chest is um, what you want is something that will help dry up the mucus albeit blocked or runny it's all mucus so you want to get rid of the mucus production and then something to boost the immune system so you're looking for mucus something like ivy thyme or plantago these are herbs that are really really good to stop that kind of runny nose or when the nose becomes blocked Um, and then Stuff to boost your immune system would be things like um, um, echinacea is very good. Vitamin C and zinc is great. One of my favourites is the Dr. Claire um, chest. Now, it used to be called the chest and sinus blend. That was the old name for it, but she's renamed it now, and it's called Mucotone, M-C-O-T-O-N-E. And that's a combination of all of the immune-boosting herbs. Marshmallow, which is lovely for... Um, for if you've got a bit of a cough or a sore throat, um, immune, the immune boosters and the ones that dry up the mucus. So if you can get your hands on that, that's wonderful for those coughs and colds. Okay, and Julie has a sore throat. Now, it isn't sore enough that it's causing her hassle as in she can eat away still and she can talk fine, but it's kind of like a slight sore throat that's been there for the last week. Uh, she feels it could be the weather, uh, going from hot yeah. to cold. Any idea on, on what can get rid of this for her? She's tried a number of products, but any, anything nutritional or anything natural that she can do? Well, it could be it could be that she has a slight throat infection. There was a really bad strep throat that went around last winter that hit lots and lots of people and it was very difficult to get rid of a lot of people needed antibiotics for it um, so I think probably one of the most simple and best things you can do for a sore throat to kill off bacteria is to gargle with salt and water so boil up some water and dissolve good sea salt or something in it and then do a gargle with it spit it out don't swallow it um, and that can be good for kind of killing off any bugs or nasties but you might want to take some kind of a throat spray that has got echinacea in there and marshmallow Dr. Delish Clare does a lovely throat spray if you can get your hands on that. If not, the Vogel brand that does the usual echinacea, they do a very good throat spray. And there is an Irish company as well that do a throat coat, it's called. So go into your health shop and any of those will work. But make sure it's got echinacea in there and a bit of marshmallow for soothing. Do your gargling. The other reason that it could be up to is that if your glands become a bit swollen, and that happens to some people when their immune system is busy fighting. So again, that's just about immune support. Echinacea is great for that. Your vitamin C and zinc. Elderberry is a very powerful antiviral. So any of those are great for a good immune boost. And two similar questions here. First, Mary has lower back pain over a week at this stage. Nothing she has taken is working. And Noreen McCroom would like to know how you recommend any herbal products for back pain and indeed neck pain. So back and neck pain tend to be um, mostly as a result of arthritis. Now, for the lady where it's just developed, I'm not sure if it is a spinal issue or if it's down to joint issues or arthritis. Sometimes you can get a pain in your lower back when your kidneys 
are um, in trouble. So if um, if she's prone to kidney infections, it might be the onset of that. Or um, if she's not, you know, in it, but if she has any other signs, such as strong smelling urine, a cloudy urine, or um, stinging when she goes to the toilet, it's possible that a kidney there's a kidney infection for that. So otherwise, the second one with the arthritis with the back and the neck herbs for that. Boswellia is one of my favourite herbs as a natural anti-inflammatory, and turmeric extract as well called curcumin is another herb that's excellent. So what these can do is these can dampen down the inflammation that's causing the pain and the stiffness. But ideally, you'll also have something that will help rebuild the joints. So you're looking at things like possibly glucosamine, chondroitin, collagen is excellent for building joints. Um, And most of the new health supplements will have collagen in there because it's sort of a quicker way than the old glucosamine for rebuilding a joint. So take um, a supplement like Stalgar 7. That's got a combination of your natural anti-inflammatories. There's white willow bark in there for pain relief. There's the turmeric extract and ginger extract. There's a bit of Boswellia. And then there's collagen and glucosamine for joint rebuilding. So take that for a couple of months. It'll do a few jobs at the one time. Okay, very good. And Lisa, her son in his 20s, now he has what she describes as a red patch on his foot. It's like eczema, she says, or definitely something to do with dry skin. It started weeping a few weeks ago and was very itchy. But last week he sat outside in the sun and it started clearing up. It's starting to come back now again. What could this be? Um, gosh, it does sound maybe like a little bit of eczema. Now, it's very unusual for someone who's never had eczema all of a sudden to develop eczema just in one spot. Um, so if there isn't a family history of eczema or for her son, if there's been no eczema before, maybe it's more something to do with irritation from something he's wearing. Um, some people have allergies to certain washing powders. Some people are allergic to latex. Are his new school shoes, is there latex in them? So take a look at all of those things to see if there's something that's just caused a little bit of dermatitis. Eczema is a lot more difficult because it's often internally driven. So the simplest solution really is to use a cream that will clear it up. Um, I find that the um, the best one for that is something called, um, it's called Zeoderm. It's by a company called Salcura, C-A-L, sorry, S-A-L-C-U-R-A, Salcura, and it's the cream is Zeoderm, Z-E-O-D-E-R-M, and that's great for stubborn spots um, of dermatitis. So she could try that. She'll get it in a health store to clear it up. The Dr. Delish Claire healing cream is wonderful as well. There's different things in there to stop the itch and to heal the skin barrier. So she could try that either. And if that doesn't clear it, she needs to maybe have a look at environmental causes. Okay, and shoes, you say, could be a cause as well? It, it depends. I mean, it sounds to me if it's just in one spot on the foot, it's yeah. there's something irritating it there. So take a look, is there a shoe, a new shoe that maybe if there's latex in the shoe, it might be a shoe, a, a, an allergy to the latex in the shoe. OK, that's interesting. That, that might have something to do with it. So we'll, we'll see what Elisa says and come back to us uh, on that. And Maureen in Manway, her daughter has high creatine levels in her kidneys. Can you recommend anything, Elisa, for her daughter? That's an interesting one now. So then generally creatine would be high in the in the kidneys if the protein breakdown isn't working properly. So I think probably there um, you're looking at something to support the kidneys function and also an, as a natural anti-inflammatory. So um, nettle is a wonderful thing because it not just clears the blood, but it also supports the liver's ability to function. High creatine levels sometimes can mean that your liver enzymes are struggling. 
So milk thistle is always a great one for the health of the cells of the liver. So possibly, uh, sorry, the, the, it's the kids we're talking about here. I'm actually trying to think of too many things at once, John Paul. Yeah. So the nettle to clear the blood and to support the kidneys. And then something to help with the, pro- the, the breakdown of protein. Um, I think maybe if she was too... Actually, you know what, John Paul, I'm trying to think on the fly here and I don't have an immediate answer. So other than the nettle, let me have a think about it and we'll come back to that maybe next week, if that's OK. Certainly, yeah, we'll hold that and we'll go back to that question next week. Very finally, Lisa, Mike in Bantry, he's on meds for bipolar, but can he take powder for muscle building? Yes, he should be able to, so long as there isn't too many um, amino acids added in there. Sometimes they, there are certain amino acids, such as glutamine, which is a precursor to one of the excitatory neurotransmitters, don't suit certain metabolic types. So I would just go with the bog standard um, whey protein with no amino acids or branched. You get these things called BCAAs that are often added for increased muscle building. Avoid those. Just go for plain whey and that'll be absolutely fine with bipolar medication. All right, Annalisa, as always, thank you for that. And we'll chat to you again next week. Annalisa Giselle there. Thank you, Annalisa. Annalisa Giselle joining us from the Health Hub in Ballincollig. That's located across the way from the cinema in Ballincollig. If you missed anything Annalisa said, you can check it back. You can listen back on our website on the podcast on c103.ie. Click on On Air and then click on Podcast or go to the podcast section of the C103 app. We were talking earlier with Deputy Jim Daly, who is going to return from politics next year just a number of comments to go through before we leave you today at one first of all Tom and Bantry on Jim retiring and indeed what will happen now well what will happen we'll have to wait and see but he thinks there will be no social welfare increase in the budget this year and they're speculating that uh, but he says TD's got two pay rises uh, this year so uh, he says that needs to be looked at when they look at politicians and also Maureen Skibbereen she says I am wary of hearing stories of Michael Collins, the Cork Southwest deputy, saving all the blind people. As someone who knows the health system, Michael Collins organises buses to a health service that was set up long before he was at TD and is paid for by the government. This is not the job of a legislator and perhaps he would have been better off choosing the coach hire industry. Wouldn't we be in a nice mess if all the TDs in Cork gave their time booking buses for people? Sorry, but it has to be said, feels Murray in Skibbereen on email to JP at C103.ie Just a final few comments on today's show and a lot of people uh, texting in and whatsapping us saying well done to Barry and the gang in Centra in Shannon for sharing the winnings with their staff they'll get money from selling the lotto tickets so well done to them Nick is along next Martina from Four my thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced I'm John Paul McNamara Enjoy your Monday afternoon The secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.